This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. When the clients are seeing their portraits on your website, they want to be able to see themselves. And I made sure I had diversity in who I was photographing so everybody could see themselves, even just in those three shoots. It was just different styles, also just, you know, different looks and things like that. They could see themselves. So I tried to really create variety, even in three photo shoots. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. My guest on The Portrait System this week is Marie Sales. Marie is a portrait photographer in Pittsburgh, and she left her corporate job and has been running her studio for about five years now. Marie takes us back to the steps she took to build a solid portfolio and how it really only took three shoots at her current style until she felt ready to start booking clients. Also, even though Marie did not love networking initially— she found something that works amazingly for her to bring in new clients, and that is through silent auctions. Marie takes us through exactly how she uses silent auctions to grow her business and how networking with the board of the charity who's hosting the auction has been so, so, so important. Marie is just such a cool, beautiful person, and I'm so glad I got to spend this time chatting with her. Okay, let's get started with Marie's sales. Hi, Marie. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Nikki? I'm wonderful. I'm so happy you're here on the portrait system. 
I'm excited. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much. We talked about doing this a long time ago, and I think just like scheduling and stuff got in the way, but (laughs) yeah, I'm glad you're here now. Thank you. All right. So you are a portrait photographer living in the Philadelphia area. Is there, are you in Philly? No, I'm actually in Pittsburgh. So oh, Pittsburgh. Side of the state. I got that yep. totally wrong. <laughs> yep. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Pittsburgh. So are you in Pittsburgh proper? So are you in a big city? I am. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And have you been shooting for a long time or is this something that you switched into as a you know, second career, third career, that sort of thing? It was probably like a 10th career. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I started five years ago and I was still in corporate America. And I say 10th career because I always did something else. I always had little side businesses. And this was the one that stuck ah, because I found my I passion see. finally. Yeah, I kept picking up stuff thinking I'd love it and I didn't. So, <laughs> Oh, this is kind of cool. So, okay, corporate world. What what other types of little side jobs you, did you do? <laughs> so I did, I think some of the, I mean, we'll say some of the MLMs got mm-hmm. picked up. And then I had a reselling business, which I had for a good little bit of time. And I was also a makeup artist. Oh, wow. Right before becoming a photographer. And I still did it a little bit when I started photography too. I I feel like you're not alone in this. I think a lot of people are in, whether it's a corporate job or just, you know, teaching or anything really, and they don't want to do it anymore, but they just don't know what to do or how to do it. Right. And I think a lot, I mean, I know a lot of people who, who jumped into the MLMs and it did not work out right. at all. Yep. <laughs> and then, you know, people are just like, ah, I know I want to do something, but they don't know what. And yeah, I, I just, I don't think you're alone at all, at all in that. And I'm so glad you landed on photographer because you're really amazing at it. Thank you. Thank you. I was like looking through your work, you know, just prepping for the show and you just have it down. Like your lighting, your posing, expression, you really, really have it down. And and I'm quite surprised to hear that you've only been doing this for five years. Thank you. Yeah, it's only been, it actually just was five years uh, as of May. So, okay. Yeah, just hit it. Well, okay, take us back a little bit. So you're in the corporate world and you are like, I'm assuming, knowing you don't want to do it anymore, seeing as you were trying other (laughs) things. So take us through how you and and how and when you decided you were going to leave your corporate career. Wow. Okay. So um, this should be an interesting one because the pandemic really threw everything. Mm. So I was in corporate America probably from the time I was, what, 18. And I sat down with my husband because, of course, you know, big decisions like this, we were sat down and talked about it. We had talked about me stepping out of corporate America at the end of 2020. Literally, we added it to the calendar. It was a big, like, red alert. December 31st, like, 1 1 of 2020. Yeah, 2020, sorry, <laughs> 2021. We were going to have me be fully within my business. Well, of course, as we all know, the pandemic came at the beginning <laughs> of 2020. And for me, I completely shut down my business. So I was pregnant pretty much throughout the pandemic. I did not want to risk doing any photo shoots. Um, being that I have was high risk and things like that. So I, I completely shut down and I maybe did, oh gosh, like three or four photo shoots, ones that had already booked pre pandemic. And I didn't reopen until November of last year. So of course, during the midst of pandemic, I was actually very thankful having the corporate job considering I had shut down. But then 
as we're kind of starting to open back up, the world is coming, you know, back to where we are right now. It was back to that consideration. Okay, when should I step out of corporate America? Well, now I have a daughter. And at that time, we were talking again. She was six months old. And we said, okay, like the time is coming soon. I don't want to miss this time with her. I want to be able to spend this time. I don't want to be in corporate America, also doing photo shoots on the weekend and like just not seeing my daughter all the time that I want to. Also, I just thought back to like Sue had said one time and always stuck with me, like you cannot burn the candle at both ends. And I felt like I was burning it at both ends and then adding like another candle and just like, I was just (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) And I was like, I literally cannot do this. Like my mental health was just like, I, this is too much. It's too much to take on even with outsourcing. So I set the date and I just went with it. And so March of this year is when I went full time. Wow. All right. So there's a lot to, I have a lot of questions. (laughs) So leading, leading up to this though, I feel like you probably got to a certain point in your business that you felt even comfortable to think about quitting this stable paycheck benefits, you know, all the things that come with a corporate job. Well, some corporate jobs, I guess, but (laughs) so like, how did you decide? Like, did you just have enough clients? Okay, let's pretend like minus the fact that the pandemic happened and all of that, like even before the pandemic, you said you were considering it. Like at what point was it that just a lot of clients were coming in? Did, Did you have a high sales average? What made you confident to even have this conversation, you and your husband? So it was actually a few different factors. It was one, just knowing that I couldn't keep burning the candle at both ends, being in corporate America, even though I didn't have children at the time, but then running my business, networking, all the things that come with running a business, I just couldn't keep doing it. Right. My my energy was just... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. 100% that part Oh, I can relate to 100%. And I didn't even have kids at the time when I was doing mm-hmm. this. And you, you know, have a baby girl and you went through, you know, a traumatic loss too with, you know, it's like you were going through a lot at the time. Yeah. But let's talk about like what made you feel confident in the sense of that you knew your business could work. Like, because you, you could have just quit the photography business, right? right? And just stuck with the corporate. And I know that wouldn't give you enough time with your daughter and that sort of thing. But like- were you making enough money? Did you have, you know, a, a big savings? Like, you know, that part of it, I guess. Sure. So I I just felt more comfortable in the sales room. I think that's what was... Okay. Helped me be more confident. I was more confident in the sales room that I knew if I was full-time, I could take on more clients because I did have some consistent bookings and things like that, but I was also limited, of course, being in corporate right. America. So I was like, if I can get the sales that I'm doing with the limited amount of shoots that I'm willing to take on, I know I can make the income that I would like to make. Um, That would at least, so my goal was to at least make what I make in corporate America minimum. Uh, So that way I could still have that same income going from a comfortable corporate job Mm -hmm. to running your own business and solely relying on your business income. Yeah, I like that. I remembered thinking that too. Like if I can out earn my my social work salary, which frankly wasn't huge at all, was not a huge salary. But if I can out earn that and make enough, you know, to budget in from health insurance, I mean, life has got to be better mm-hmm. <laughs> than, than what I <laughs> Yeah, I like that. All right. So 
I like what you said too. I feel like even if you don't have a million clients coming in, obviously you were so limited by time and energy and resources at that point, working full time and everything else. But I like what you said about if the clients that you do have coming in, if you're booking them at a great sales average and you're feeling comfortable, imagine what you could do if you allowed yourself to have the time to have a full-time business. Right. So let's talk before you even got to that point. How did you get to like where you were comfortable in the sales floor? Like take us back to when you first started. So back when I first started, uh, gosh, 2017, I was that 50 to $75 photographer mm-hmm. and you get all your images. <laughs> I think we've so, all been there. Yeah. And that actually, I changed that real quick. When I was at the end of the year and I did my numbers, I found that I was essentially paying to photograph other people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, and I said, this is not going to fly. This is not how you run a business. And I knew that I, I'm an accounting major. So I knew like number crunching, Okay, this has to change. So I found Sue in 2018. And I will tell you, honestly, Nikki, I literally stopped watching like any TV, anything. I found Sue and I watched all her videos. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, if I have time to watch TV, I can instead watch videos from Sue and learn how to run a profitable uh, business. So that's what I did. And I just practiced everything that Sue taught us. And the one thing... I always think back to like Sue saying is essentially kind of like shut up when you're in the sales room. Um, Mm -hmm, I can get that nervous energy and want to talk and then you kind of shoot your sale down and you're like, oh no. So I just was quiet and let your work speak and yeah, speak when they're ready. Uh, And yes, (laughs) and that's what, um, you know, that transition from, I'm so worried and I'm only going to charge $50. Who's really going to pay this to, learning as much as I could from Sue and implementing all that and practicing it and increasing my, you know, of course, when I'm charging by that point, it really helped me to get to where I am now. So when you were doing the like $50, $75 type photo shoots, were you doing this shoot, photographing the same kind of genre that you focus mostly on now? No. <laughs> I was the classic, I think when everybody first starts, the jack of all trades, you just grab any photo shoot that comes to you even if it's not something you love. And I'll be honest, when I first started, I just knew once I started portraits, I just wanted to photograph people and I didn't know what that was. And I didn't know if it wanted to be families or, and I I, I did outdoors because I was terrified of studio work. Uh, I was absolutely terrified. So of course you're being the weather person, you're doing all these things to be outside. And I just picked up anything and I realized very quick Family portraits are not my favorite (laughs) Um, and children's portraits are also not my favorite. So I really learned really quick that I need to find the styles that I love and not being pulled in so many different directions and going into a photo shoot. Like, I don't know if I really want to do this or I'm not confident in what I'm doing. Sure, sure. And because I think that, of course, like showed, uh, even though I knew obviously how to take portraits, it showed that I wasn't all that confident because it was maybe something I didn't want to photograph. Right. And what did you end up landing on? So just like tell tell the listeners what like what what lights you up? Yeah, what lights me up is women's portraiture. Uh, just working with a woman coming in to celebrate herself. That's what I absolutely adore. And that includes like if they want to do different style of shoots like personal branding or boudoir and things like that. I do 
add those into their photo shoot, but I just love celebrating them and where they are in life and what, however they want to be portrayed in their photos. I love just creating that for them. Yeah. Now, when you decided that you wanted to kind of shift gears and, and focus on women's portraiture, obviously you didn't have that type of portfolio. So how did you build that? Mm-hmm. I did a portfolio build day. I, I want to say it was one of like the 12 week programs um, that I had just been following. And then Sue had talked about building portfolio, do like three to five photo shoots of the genre that you want to photograph. So I set up a day, I rented a studio and I ran a model call and I got, um, at that time, it was three women that signed up and they came in and I just took all their portraits based on everything that I had learned and just built my small, it was very, of course, very small portfolio by that point. But even just those three, I used those three to start selling the type of work that I wanted to sell. Okay. So model call. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people talk about model calls. Yes. And they don't know exactly how to do it. Or some people will say it didn't work out or they couldn't even get people to come sit for them for free like tell me how that went with the model call and how did you how did you do it if you remember I yeah I do (laughs) so this model call specifically and I will say I've transitioned them a little bit but this one I actually requested a deposit of I think it was 75 dollars then and it was just to secure their session but they would get that 75 dollars back so as long as they showed up for their photo shoot so my thought was, is as long as they have some sort of skin in the game, they're not going to, especially since I had rented a studio okay. that wasn't mine, they showed up and they got, uh, I forget how many portraits I gave them. I want to say like five, but I don't remember offhand, but they got a couple of portraits and they got their $75 back as long as they came for the photo shoot. And they also came with their hair and makeup done already. So I didn't have to pay that fee either. All right. I like this. This this seems very doable for people who are probably thinking, I don't want to spend a bunch of money. What if they don't show up? Right. So I like this a lot. And in the end, maybe you're not making a million dollars on each session, but you're doing what is one of the most critical steps that I think sometimes people breeze over is building a strong portfolio. Mm -hmm. And I think with the model call, what I also did too, is I practiced sales during those. They, I told them they did not have to buy anything additional, but I did printed reveals and they could pick out which five that they wanted. And I had a set price and told them if they want any additional. And I did have some sales from it. Not expected, but I still practiced during that. So I really tried to practice everything during the model call. That's great. To, from start to end. Yeah, that's really great. So, okay. So you were, the, the money, you were spending money on prints and mats. Yes, Yes. Okay. Now, out there, if people are thinking, I don't have money for prints and mats, you don't have to do it that way. Like when I was building my portfolio, I did it where I just gave them my favorite digitals. But like Maria is saying here, you can't. It's it's a really great way to practice. And, And it's also, I mean, let's be real. It's not, well, I guess it depends on where you live. But in the States, you can get prints you know, for a couple bucks each and mat, mat boards for a couple bucks, bucks each. Like I remember sitting on my, in my family room floor and I would always complain that my do- the dog hair would get stuck in the glue. And my husband's like, why aren't you sitting at the kitchen table and doing it? If there's like dog, because we have a huge dog that sheds and I don't even care if I vacuum five times a day, there's always a hair. Anyway, 
I was like, because I want to sit and watch Netflix while I'm gluing these mat boards (laughs) together. Like, I don't want to sit at the kitchen table. Anyway, I just, I remember buying, um, I mean, okay, let me say this. The Graphy Studio mats that I transitioned to that come put together, they are second to none. They are gorgeous. They're like, like, if you want to be luxurious, high end, that's what I recommend. Mm -hmm. But when I was first starting out and I didn't want to spend all that money, I got the ready mat glued together and I sat in front of the TV and I watched Netflix and I glue those damn things together. So like it doesn't have to be a ton of money out of your pocket is what I'm saying, I guess. Right. I did the same thing. I watched YouTube videos on how to put those mats together (laughs) and I found the cheapest ones I could find and I put them together and they looked pretty good to me. Uh (laughs) And, uh, you know, they were actually pretty excellent. I made sure I got at least the right tape. I did my research on that and it was pretty inexpensive to get started. And I used those same mats for reveals. I didn't, uh, they they became my reveal mats essentially. (laughs) Yeah. And you were going through a crucial, a really crucial part of your business. Like exactly what you said is practice, practice, practice. One, Mm -hmm. you're practicing your photo shoots and your lighting and your posing and just everything. And two, if you're treating them as though they're real clients going through the entire, which they were, or not to say they weren't, but you know, your main <laughs> goal was to build a portfolio. But going through that whole sales process, the more you go through and experience something, the more comfortable you are at it. Because like people will say, oh my gosh, how do you pose so quickly? And I'm like, because I've been doing this for 10 years. I've mm-hmm. I've done this thousands of times. Like you just have to make sure you practice. And this is the exact same thing with sales. You know, don't you think it's like the, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Absolutely agree. It's terrifying in the beginning, and then it yeah. just gets easier. <laughs> and that's not to say that I don't have butterflies. I I literally oh. just did a reveal yesterday at two p.m. and I my stomach. I still get butterflies. I still get nervous. What if they don't like them? What if you know? I don't know. Like I still get nervous, but I'm not mm-hmm. nervous about my my pricing. I'm not like you know. I pull up the PDF and these are the packages again, and like that part doesn't bother me but right. I still get I, nervous. I'm absolutely the same way. I still get nervous for every photo shoot, nervous for every sales appointment because you don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. But I'm still more confident than what I was in the beginning. Yeah. You know, I always say I couldn't sell anything, but I feel like I don't even, I don't consider myself still to this day as like a salesperson. I don't feel like a salesperson. I'm just oh, me either. Yeah. showing them beautiful portraits. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So sometimes people will ask, how many, like how many shoots do you need in order for your portfolio to be complete and that sort of thing? And like, did you have a specific number that you decided, okay, I'm done with this whole model call stuff? Like when did you feel ready for actual pricing? After the three, (laughs) I felt like I was confident after the three to start charging um, and really start booking. And I made sure what was important to me is during that three, two is to have just different people that like when the clients are seeing their portraits on your website, they want to be able to see themselves. And I made sure I had diversity in who I was photographing. So everybody could see themselves even just in those three shoots. Yep. And it was just different styles. Also just, you know, different looks and things like that. They could see themselves. So I tried to really create variety even in three photo shoots. That's so important. It was very, very important. Yeah. All right. So after those three shoots, you felt confident. Did you then like just go like all in and now I'm starting at $1,200 or I don't even know what you charge now, but like what what did you char- make your packages after those three shoots? 
after the three shoots, oh gosh, I have to think back to my pricing. I think I was doing 1200 I'll be honest, I don't remember exactly my starting. I want to say 1200 <laughs> And I was doing the portfolio collections, really signed on to like all the pricing that Sue had showed us. And then just, I went right into it. Um, rather than kind of starting off at like small amounts, like 600, 900, et cetera, I just went into what she recommended yeah. and ran with it. And did you any, do any sort of gift vouchers or anything like that? Or you just like, were like, I'm, I'm in. I did. I did gift vouchers, but I'll be honest, not many people like use them. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they, I ended up just getting regular shoots. Um, I did offer gift vouchers and I think one person, maybe like a year in, used theirs. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so I had them ready. <laughs> I had mm-hmm. them available and I did use them, especially I hit the ground running with like networking. I knew that was huge. Okay. And so I especially made sure I had those during networking. Tell me about networking and how that went for you. So I will say as a introvert, networking was absolutely terrifying. Uh, going into a room full of people I don't know. And talking about myself and my new business that I was just getting into. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was so essential. And I really met a lot of incredible people. I found businesses that really had either similar audiences or really like the same vision that I did that I could really connect with. And through networking, I really got my name out there. Did you go to, were they structured groups that you went to? Or like, how did you find these groups? It was sort of a mixed bag. So some were structured groups, like a local chamber. I didn't do it at that time when I first started. I didn't do any like BNIs or anything like that. And I just found, uh, especially since I was still working full time, I found a lot of like after hours events that I could go to, which were a little bit more casual. And those, I actually liked those a little bit more because they were not as structured. You could go in just like you're going out at, you know, any other night, but you're mingling with fellow business owners. And that's really what I ended up doing because of my schedule. That's what worked for me. You know, Marie, I did the same thing when I was still working as a school social worker. I did the same thing. And I kind of liked it because I could like have a glass of wine. (laughs) You know, everyone's a little bit looser and it's not so, yeah, it's not so uptight. Because I know, I know. B&I has worked super well for some people, but it's very rigid. Like there's mm-hmm. attendance, quali- wait, what's the word I'm looking for? Not qualifications, attendance requirements. Oh my gosh, I couldn't think of right. the word. There's attendance <laughs> requirements. There are specific times. I remember when I lived in Seattle, I was going to go to the West Seattle group and it was like 7.30 a.m. on Tuesdays. And I'm like, oh, hell to the no. Like I did not get <laughs> up that early unless I, well, then I had kids and that changed everything. But before that, like I was like, dude, I had to get up for 12 years of school social work between 5.45 and 6 o'clock every day except for Saturday and Sunday. You could not pay me to get up at 7.30 again. So I was like, no. So, But some people really, really love that. Like one of our mentors, Tammy, she's all about it. She loves B&I and it works really well for her. And But yeah, so I was the same. I found the ones that were more kind of relaxed. And then, I don't know if you did this too, once I, once I quit my job and I, I had daytime open, I started going to the like lunch events. So I'll be honest, I I haven't gone to any lunch events since I have gone full time. And that's just been with various bookings for me. <laughs> so I plan to. Um, and that's partly also honestly having a small baby in the pandemic still. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that kind of keeps me out. <laughs> yeah. That's like a whole different 
element that you were hit with in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 All right. Now, do you feel like you need to continue to go to go to networking groups, or do you feel like you you have kind of enough clients coming in at this point? Good question. I feel like I have enough clients coming in, but at the same time, I still think networking is super essential. Yes. So I do still plan to, I don't think I'm going to hit it as hard as I used to. I do still network in various ways where I was before I was out there a lot and I don't feel like I need to be out there as much as I feel like I've really created a wonderful network, even with my clients. And I, you know, they connect me to different people, different businesses as well, which is really awesome. Uh, And I've created a lot of them, a lot of my clients are business owners too. So we network during their photo shoots as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Now, is there, okay. Aside from networking, Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you feel like has really contributed to getting clients in the door? Silent auctions. Ooh, tell us about yeah. that. So I there's one specific silent auction, actually, that has been really incredible. And it's a local um, theater for kids. And they do a silent auction every year, and they raise money. And I thankfully, I happen to know one of the mothers there and she's actually a good friend from church. And she said, Hey, one, one year, do you want to uh, consider donating? And every year I I did a small package initially just to kind of get a feel. It was my first silent auction that I had done and I didn't know what to donate, uh, things like that. But consistently every year since I've donated at least uh, around a $1,500 package. Um, And with that, at least for them specifically, I get, they have like more of a premiere table. So I get to display more products, more information. Uh, and I also get that, that premiere location that everybody sees my work. Uh, and they have a, a gala that, um, for their silent auction as well. So, and that's been incredible for me, uh, getting clients. Tell me a little bit about that. Cause some people have talked about doing auctions or charity events and, maybe didn't have a whole lot of success with it. So so how, like, obviously you you have your material, I'm guessing, you know, like beautiful photos and stuff displayed or let, like take us through how, how it works and how you end up getting like contact information or getting bookings in the end. Yeah, absolutely. So I do have a, actually do a big wall art display and I do a nine up. And the nine up will show whatever type of photo shoot that I'm donating. And it ranges. Uh, some years I've done a, a woman's portrait session, but especially because it is a, a theater for kids, there's also ages all the way up to high school. And I do photograph high school seniors. I've also made sure to add in as far as the uh, silent auction that they can get a senior session as well. So I will display both of those. I do a bigger display with a wall art and then I do a smaller one that's about 11 by 14. And then I have my um, business cards, of course. I have my accordion cards, which show a little bit more of what I do. And then I share, of course, they're getting a session, how many images that I'm including and giving them all the information. And so while I don't get the list um, from people at the event. Uh, What I do request is whoever wins the silent auction is they reach out to me in the first seven days. 
So they're not getting it and then like forgetting that they have it. Yeah, I think that <laughs> they're happens. reaching out to me. Yeah, That's so smart to put to Absolutely put like does. some restraints on there, like a call to right. action. And it doesn't mean they have to book like right when they call me. It's just so that I can introduce myself to them within that first seven days and talk to them and get like a general idea of what they're thinking. I do have a time frame though that they have to do their photo shoot, which is about 90 days out. But having that first contact within a week and then 90 days. And of course, like with anybody providing that like amazing service and donating every year, my name gets spread around at these events now. And because they, I photograph multiple people that whether they're on the board or just different parents, some of the moms that are in the group. So a lot of them know me now. And having that as well, I think having that network of women of actually the mothers there that all know each other, it helps build that rapport too. They have that trust already that like, oh, okay, I have so-and-so, you know, friends that went and saw her and I saw their photos and I know what she can do. Uh, so she must be amazing. And that's, I just provide that service and it's really been awesome. This is fantastic. I want to back up for a second because something sure. that you said that I, I meant to comment on before is when I asked you if you needed to network and you said, well, not really, but I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's really, really smart. Not that you need to do it forever or a million times a month or anything like that, but it's kind of like greasing that wheel mm-hmm. sort of situation. So I love that you said that. And then two, I think sometimes people think that going to the auction is all about the guests of the auction or the charity event. And sometimes it is about exactly what you said, the board, the people who put this huge, amazing event on. Like, Typically, people who are going to spend all of the, you know, a bunch of time and energy for an organization, they are people you want to know because they're connected right. in the community. They are, you know, like if you're going to put a bunch of time and energy into an event, you're likely going to, like, I don't want to say this wrong, but you're likely going to probably value you know, higher end photos or whatever. Right. And, and I'm generalizing here, but I think that's really, really smart. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I've learned, I will say, I'm honestly married to somebody I call a master networker. Ah, <laughs> nice. And I really get a lot of amazing tips from him. He's also a board member on a, a single board now. He was on a couple boards and I've learned just a lot just through him and he's naturally, he can meet anybody. And I've tried to just absorb what I could (laughs) of like, how do I do this? How do I meet new people? Say that again. You tried to what? Absorb like, uh, like anything that he could share with me. Yeah. Obviously he knows me best. He knows I am terrified to uh, talk to anybody new that I've never talked to. And I'm like, how exactly do you do this? But also with him, being well-known in the community, having a huge network and things like that. He's like, hey, just reach out and say whatever his example is. And I I do it and it works. Oh, that's so wonderful. That's so wonderful to have a partner like that who's supporting and helping you through that part of it. Because like you said, you know, for introverts or even for extroverts, like it can be really scary and like, uh, you know, putting yourself out there. But if you didn't put yourself out there, do you think you'd be where you're at today? No. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, same. <laughs> That's how it is with me too. There's no way. And on those days that I was just like dreading 
going or, you know, because I did a couple mm-hmm. charity events as well and just being like, oh, I just don't want to do this today. And something good always comes of it. And, and it might not be instant. Right. But it, something good always comes of it, especially if you're building those relationships. Because it, another another really important thing you said was providing great service and connecting with those people and just delivering on on what you say you're going to do with beautiful portraits. They're going to talk to each other. They, they truly are. And and it's priceless. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. And like you said, I think something good always comes from every event and thing that things I've gone to, even if I'm dreading it, even if I'm, you know, like when you sign up for an event and then the day I'll be like, oh, I just don't want to go. I was excited before, but not today. <laughs> but it's always been really good. And I think you, like you had mentioned that it may not be immediate, but I've met people that I may have not seen them in like two years. And then they're like, Hey, I met you at such and such event. And I remember, you know, that you did portraits or headshots, whatever they're looking for. And so I wanted to reach out to you and just even like that conversation. I, it reminds me that even just that conversation, I feel like I made an impact when I talked to them, that they remembered me even a couple of years later. Marie, that could not be more true. Uh, and I've said this before on this podcast. Sometimes people will, they'll learn about me. They might start following me, but they're like, oh yeah, that's expensive or I, I'm not ready for whatever reason. And then one, two, three years later, they're ready to book. Mm-hmm. So you're on their radar. It's just continuing to put yourself in front of them in some way, shape or form. Follow them on social media, like right. their posts, give them genuine compliments, you know, ask if they want to be on your email list. So when they are ready, if you're running any sort of promotion, they might get that. Or, you know, I don't know. There's a million ways you can stay in front of someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is awesome. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about where you shoot, how your your sessions are kind of structured, and what that looks like, and your pricing as well. So let's start with where do you shoot? Sure. So I have a studio space. Um, I have a shared studio, and it's within less than a quarter mile from my home. So it's super convenient, especially being a new mom to have that available. And it's a huge space, uh, which I'm thankful for. It's about a thousand square feet. So I can really get super creative in there. (laughs) That's awesome. You said you share the space? I do. Yes. Okay. Who do you share with and how does that work? So I share with two, they're primarily wedding photographers and they also do like boudoir and headshots. So they're Oftentimes, being that they're wedding photographers, especially like when I was still full time, I had the weekends and because they were out at weddings. And now we just share throughout the week. We set our schedule and I have my set days. And right now, just a couple of us, we have our set days and it works amazing for us. That's great. And I like that you have set days. So you're not just like pulling up the calendar and being like, well, shit, there's nothing open this week or whatever. (laughs) Right. Exactly. That's, that's hard (laughs) when there's not set days. I think it's also smart and and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're sharing with a wedding photographer, I feel like they're often shooting. Well, okay, wait, let me back up here because I don't work. We, I was going to say they're often shooting on the weekends. So the studio will be open on the weekends, but I don't shoot weekends. Do you normally shoot weekends or do you do weekdays? So I used to, but now I do weekdays. And one of my main shoot days is Fridays, which I 
oftentimes they're not booking the studio because they're off at weddings. So exactly, um, that's a perfect day for me. And then I have like a random day through the week. I do Tuesdays, which seems to be a good day. Yeah. So okay, and and sometimes too, like when they're doing their or their consultations for with their bride and grooms, it's often in the evening. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I love this. And then, is it affordable? The rent? It's. Within my range, (laughs) I would say I would love to be a a little bit more affordable. And it's definitely, I started in my dining room at my house. So that was a big change, but it's definitely more affordable than me having my own space. Yeah. Do do you mind sharing what you pay? I pay $650 a month. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. And and, okay. And $650 is going to seem like a ton of money for some people, and it's going to seem really cheap for others. Like if you're (laughs) in New York City, that's going to be super cheap. Maybe if you're in a small town somewhere else, it's not going to be. (laughs) But the point is to figure out something really great that works for you. And when I think about my very first space, it was $1,100 a month. I would not sign a lease for $1,100 a month right now. And I think part of that is my real estate brain. And, and learning so much about like how I will never spend a whole lot of money on rent ever again in my life because ownership leads to like generational wealth, but that's a whole other story. However, at the time it worked for me and it motivated me to get clients in the door. Like I was, I was like all in now that I had this $1,100 a month expense that I just added to my plate that I didn't have before. So for me, it was a motivation and it worked great. I have had studios where I ended up sharing with a makeup artist that was like $2,400 a month. We each paid $1,200. Then, I don't know if I've ever told this story. If I did, I'm sorry to the listeners. But so we had this $2,400 space, Kendra Springer, my old makeup makeup artist in Seattle and I. We signed a lease for six months because it was expensive. We wanted to make sure we loved it. It was a, a live workspace. After six months, they raised the price $300 a month. And we were like, oh, hell no. Like, this is crazy. So now we were stuck. Like, okay, we have 30 days to find a new space. And I was like eight and a half months pregnant, nine and a half months pregnant, something like mm-hmm. that, crazy. Then I had my baby early. Like we, I had an emergency C-section four weeks early and he was in the NICU while we were trying to find a new space. Like it was just insane. Mm-hmm. And we ended up in this like, one car converted garage that while we were in the NICU, like we worked it out where my husband ended up doing the floor it was orange carpet, orange walls, ripped out the carpet, put the floor in. Kendra did all the painting. And it was such a crazy emotional time in my life. But the pressure to find a space, we were like, screw it. And you know how much it was? $500 a month. We each paid $250. Wow. And it was like a weight off my chest now that I had this new newborn. And it was like, all of a sudden, I was paying like $1,000 less a month. And I made so much money in that little studio. I don't even know what happened, but like my business went through the roof in that tiny little space. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, you ne- sorry, that was a really <laughs> long story, but you never, like, I think sometimes people think they have to spend a million dollars and have the big, beautiful studios. And, and, and yes, those big, beautiful studios have really served a purpose for me. But if you don't want to spend a whole lot, you can do what Marie's doing, what you're doing and, and share. Or, you know, Sometimes it's great to have your own space. Like, it just depends. I absolutely agree. And like I said, I started in my dining room, which is not very big. And I created most of my work in my dining room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's amazing what you recent. can do. <laughs> like, you can do so much. Do you Now, do you shoot natural light or do you use um, studio lights? I do both. Both. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. And then in your current space, you said it's it's huge. I'm assuming it has like big windows. It does. We have it's a large storefront, so there's a lot of natural light that comes in, which I'm absolutely thankful for. But I still pull out my lights for yeah. almost every single shoot as well. Yeah, I was thinking. I, I was thinking you did studio, yeah. light, but I wasn't sure. And one last thing about that is I share a studio now too, and it's not always easy. The calendar can can get tricky. But I'll tell you what, like, there's just something about not having a $2,000 <laughs> rent <laughs> over your head, you know? It's like, oh my gosh. But Absolutely anyway. agree. <laughs> okay, let's talk about pricing. How do you structure your current pricing? So my current pricing, I went down to just three collections. I do 8, 16, and 25, and my pricing starts at 2200 for eight images. Wow, that's great. And then does that come with any sort of prints and all that good stuff? It does. So the eight images is a five by seven print and an eight by 10 mat. And then they get a small portfolio box in USB with it. Um, awesome. The larger ones, they get the bigger portfolio boxes, um, but still eight by 10. That's the size I sell. And then do you include digitals with that? I include the matching digital to whatever images they purchase. In which package do you find yourself selling the most? Lately, uh, my 16 image has been a pretty popular one. Yeah, that's so great. And now, when someone reaches out, are you initially just sending them your pricing right away? Or are you having them do a consultation? It seems like people do a little bit of everything. So I'm just curious how you do it. So I get them on the phone, even for just 10 minutes. And just to find a little bit more about them and just like a super quick phone consultation to book them in. And I do share what my prices start at. If there's somebody who's price shopping and they're like, hey, what are your prices? I let them know. And I have no problem in doing that. But ideally, I do like to get them on the phone, even just for a couple of minutes before um, we get them booked in. Yeah, that's really smart. That's really smart. Because, you know... (sighs) We talk about how connection is so important. And if you have them on the phone, you're so much more likely to, to connect. So yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Now, for all the inquiries that you get, I mean, how many do you think that you're actually booking versus walking away? And if you don't have this data available, don't worry, but just a guess. I don't know the exact, but I'd say roughly maybe about 20%. Uh, so a lot of inquiries come in and a lot of people are just crickets after they send one in, <laughs> yeah. whether it's phone and email and, you know, I, I check in and see if they're ready and sometimes you just don't get a response. So probably 20%. Yeah. And is this after you send your pricing? Have they seen your pricing at this point? They haven't even seen my pricing at that okay. point. And I do have on my website, I have my session fee and I have what my collections start at. So that is oh, on okay. there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So they have like a general idea if they've read through any part of my experience, whereas it's the same page that they would sign up for a photo shoot on. Yeah. All right. And then how many shoots are you doing per month, do you think? Uh, per month, uh, my maximum is eight, but I do about five to six. Um, it's kind of my sweet spot where I'm comfortable. Yeah. That's a good sweet spot. That's my sweet spot too. Mm-hmm. Well, now I like to, four, three and four is mine now. But I have other, you know, I do this podcast and, you know, work with Sue in other ways. So I guess it's, if I was still doing it full time, I think six, sixes would be like my sweet spot, right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it makes it so that it's not so, I don't know, just so overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So five to six a month. And then like, 
what's your process? Because you said before for uh, your portfolio building, they came in with their hair and makeup done. Do you provide hair and makeup now? I do. So my process is after that initial consultation, I send them a welcome guide that has how to get ready for their photo shoot. And then we actually do a design consultation, which I just do over Zoom. It's super convenient for everybody. We can hop on and we just talk about how to prepare for your photo shoot. How do you want hair and makeup done? What are you going to bring to wear? What do you want me to bring from my client closet? Things like that. And then the day of their photo shoot, they go right into hair and makeup. And of course, their photo shoot. And then I do my ordering appointment the same day. Like as they're getting changed into back into their comfy clothes, I am pulling up their images and we do a digital straight out of camera ordering appointment. Okay. So right then and there. Yep. Tell me about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so while they're getting back into their comfy clothes, I pull up all their images from my SD card onto my computer. I filter out really quickly any blinks, anything like that. And I just use Camera Raw and we just filter through and I just tell them, you know, let me know which ones you want me to tag. And we just work down to however many number of images that they love. And then I'll retouch any of the ones that they've purchased. Okay. So you must really get it right out straight out of camera. I try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like it really saves on time for all the retouching. So much time. Yeah. It's been really a game changer. And also now that I outsource retouching, I'm only having retouched what they're purchasing and not like 30 images. And I will say, honestly, doing straight out of camera, they're picking images that I might have filtered out, but they absolutely love. Hmm, and I like so it's that. really yeah. eye opening to me seeing what they're selecting and yeah. picking what they're most confident in, not like what I'm like, oh, I think they look super confident here. Like, Sometimes they, they don't pick that. They just filter past it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. super eye-opening. Yeah. Another thing I've been, I've been telling myself lately is sometimes I feel obligated to have them do a certain outfit because they brought it or they think they like it or something like that. And what I'm finding is when my gut is telling me, don't do this outfit, yeah. and I do it, they, don't, they end up not wanting any of those photos. <laughs> that, I just agree. Hap- that just happened in one of my <laughs> sessions and it's like I really need to start and I and okay I will say that I am very forward on what I think that for with the outfits that they bring what whether or not I think they should wear it I do not hold back I don't know but every so often I'm just like yeah anyway <laughs> that's important I mean you're the one who see who sees what they look like absolutely and I know like my clients, they put a lot of trust in me. They want me to be forward and say like, yeah. do you love this? Like, do you think I should wear it? And, you know, even if it's something that maybe like in the middle of the road on, like I'll photograph them, but we'll do it kind of like quicker mm-hmm. and just so they can see it. And yeah. then I can see it too. Cause sometimes I'm like, I don't know, but like, let's try it. And then I end up seeing it in camera and I'm like, oh wait, I actually love this. <laughs> so yeah, I do that yeah. too. With the senior high school, senior girls, I don't do a whole lot of senior shoots these days. But when I do, or when I did before, like, oh my gosh, sometimes these like baby doll shirts and dresses, I'm like, I'm telling you, it's going to look like a maternity outfit. Like, we've, <laughs> I'm going to have to clip you in. I'm right. just, just trust me, you know, <laughs> like. I'm always armed. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll say to my clients, like, I really love this dress, but it's so boxy. And when you're in person, you can see that there's movement to it. So it's fine. 
you know, when you're moving around, but when you're in a photo, it just looks boxy and it makes you mm-hmm. look way wider than you are. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to wear that. <laughs> you know, so like a couple tricks of the trade, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have one more question for you before we go into like the four questions I always ask at the end. How do you feel your life has improved or has it improved now that you're a full-time photographer compared to when you were in the corporate world? I think my life, even though being a full-time business owner has all of its stresses, it's still less stressful than being in corporate America and running a business. Mm -hmm. And I mean Mm -hmm. that in the sense is I have time with my family I don't have to say, hey, can I have such and such day off? I just take the day off. Ah, it's the best, isn't it? I can do that. Yeah. And I have that option available. And I can really focus and have more control. And I mean that in the sense of if I'm not getting bookings or if there's something that's like not happening, it's probably something that I need to do and I can fix that. So, and that's where I have that a little bit more control versus you know, trying to juggle everything, not having the time, having corporate America and all that stuff. So I feel like it's really, really improved. I will say like my emotion, emotionally, I am in a better place. I feel like I'm a bit happier and I feel like even more confident too. Like just being a business owner, like I did this, it was scary as hell, but I did it. Yeah. Yeah. You sure did. You're killing it. It's awesome. Thank you. Hey, are you going to the Portrait Masters Conference? I am. Oh, good. Uh, Good, good, good. I'm so glad. I wasn't sure if you were going to go. Yep, I'll be there. Are you doing like mom trip away or are you bringing the family? I am doing mom trip away. Nice. I am too. (laughs) So I will say I'm I'm like nervous, but also, I mean, I did it in December when I went to see Sue. It was only a couple days, but now it's like around a week. Yeah. So... Um, the sort of pieces, but it'll be good. It'll be oh, awesome. It's, it's my first so portrait fun. master, so oh, I can't is. wait. Yeah, oh, it's so fun. <laughs> I cannot wait. We have such a blast. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. We'll have to have a cocktail. <laughs> if Absolutely. you drink, I don't know if you're a drinker. I don't mean to assume that you're a drinker. Uh, when I go out there, I will. I will say I haven't had a drink in a while with new baby, but I said yeah. when I'm out there, I'm having a drink. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> a glass Very of wine. Cool. Yeah. And if you don't, that's fine too. I hate, I don't always mean to sound like, I, I love having cocktails with folks and I don't mean to always assume everyone drinks because not everyone drinks, you know, it's like, anyway. All right. So now it's time for me to ask you the last questions that I always ask everyone. And the first one is what can't you live without when you're doing a photo shoot? One thing I cannot live without when I'm doing a photo shoot is music, having some kind of music during the photo shoot, I feel like it yeah. has an amazing, it brings an amazing energy to the room. And yeah. I mean, who doesn't love music? Uh, you so. know, a lot of people have said that. I think Felicia <laughs> Reed said that. Matthew Jordan Smith said music. Yeah. I feel like a couple other people said music too. It does bring yeah. a good energy. It does. And even if somebody, it doesn't always have to be like upbeat and empowering. Like I've had a couple of clients that want to put on like full, like Alanis Morissette, like, you know, women just like, you <laughs> yeah. know, like screaming yeah. out. And it's been amazing. Like the energy I've gotten from those are like, this is incredible. I love this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Very cool. Okay. Number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? 
when I'm not working, I am just spending my time with my daughter and enjoying all her just being this so little. She's one. and oh, She's so freaking cute. Thank you. She is like a little doll. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, uh, I spend all my time with her and I absolutely love it and just creating as many memories as I can. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, number three is what is your favorite inspirational quote? Ooh. Okay. It's one of many quotes that I love. And it's a Winston Churchill quote. Success is not final. Failure is not final. And it is the courage to, that, to continue that counts. Oh, uh, isn't that the truth? It is such an amazing reminder that especially like great days are always going to happen, but there's going to be those failure days. And I know that they're not going to be forever. Mm-hmm. And I, as long as I keep continuing, I'm going to just keep having those more successful days. So it's always encouraging, especially as a business owner to just keep going. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out? People who are just starting out, I would say absolutely find education and practice, 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 absorb it all. And don't be afraid to practice. And I think that can be sometimes, um, people can get frozen in that and going to practice. And I think that is key. You can learn all day, but if you're not practicing it, you're not going to move forward. Yeah, it's so true. Ugh, and I know that part sucks, the practice. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. But that's how you get better. It is. It's so true. It's so true. So yeah, I'm glad you said that. Thank you. All right. Where can people find you online if they're looking for you? Online, my Instagram is Marie Sells Photography. My Facebook is the same. And my website is MarieSellsPhotography.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. It's Thank been really you. lovely to talk to you. You as well. Yeah. I can't wait to see you in September. It's going to be Yeah, great. I can't wait. It's going to be so yeah. much fun. Awesome. All right, my dear. Well, I will see you soon. And thank you again. And yeah, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.